Welcome to the Digital Bosses Podcast with Joseph and Claire. Our definition of being your own boss means showing up for yourself so you can show up for everyone and everything personally and professionally. So congratulations on showing up, boss. We created the Digital Bosses Podcast to give you simple, actionable, step-by-step strategies to help you start, grow, and build a purposeful online business. If you are a business owner, creator, looking to build an impactful brand that makes a difference, you are in the right place. So let's say Hello, Karen. Hello, Claire. Welcome. How are you guys? I'm really well. How are you? Well, doing well. It's great. Today, we are talking about color. And anyone in this room knows it's possibly my favorite thing. It's just I love color. And when we, everything started with our guest, Karen, because she connected with us through Instagram. And it was about a reel that I did. And it was about color rules and color blocking rules to kind of grab your audience through color on your video. And that's where the conversation started. And yes, yeah, so I'm really excited. Yeah. And also we met through Chrissy. So um, I love, it is I very love true, how yeah. Instagram just brings people together. It's, uh, it's, it's a great um, medium for that, isn't it? Absolutely. I agree. And we were talking about it even the other day, me and Chrissy on DMs, we were just saying how amazing is the connection power that you have in the platform, which I think is often very underestimated. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Karen, for joining us. I'm super excited to dive into the conversation with you today. So I actually would love you to share who you are and how you become the color expert in your film. Yeah, so um, so my name is Karen Huller. Um, probably hear from my accent. It's an Australian accent, but I live in the UK. And my area of expertise, it's not really that widely known, but it's applied colour and design psychology. And I work with businesses and creatives to use colour and design to improve well-being, support mental health, um, and also to create positive change in the world. So that's what I do on a business side. And I'm pretty well known for my book, um, The Little Book of Colour. It's out now in 15 languages. So that was written to help people to fall back in love with colour again. So um, that's really um, my work side in a nutshell. But I think you asked um, how I came into colour and... That was really by chance. It's what I was called kind of like living a double life. I was a project manager and a business analyst and I worked for big corporations. But as you can imagine, that work is quite dry um, and it didn't, it didn't um, fulfil my creative side. So at night, I went to night school and I actually studied fashion design and millinery in Sydney, which I know that you're both in the fashion world. So... Um, but then when I was putting feathers on a hat and the other beautiful chocolate brown feathers and this on this duck egg blue hat, I just said, oh, my God, it's colour. And I had no idea what that meant. And that's really my first epiphany moment that set me on the road to just trying to find everything I could about colour. But it didn't matter what course I did. The questions I was asking weren't being answered, so I was just going on course after course after course trying to find the answer to my questions because I didn't really know what – I mean, I knew the questions I was asking, but I didn't know what it, what, what it was I was trying to find. And then when I was in the UK and arrived in the UK, I did, you know, my upteenth colour workshop 
and the teacher could answer all my questions. And that was really my next big epiphany moment because I realised what I was asking and what I really wanted to find about was it had a name and it was called colour psychology. So that's when I went on to learn about colour and design psychology and, yeah, I haven't I haven't looked back. So really for the last 15 years I gave up my IT and my corporate work and um, for the last 15 years or so I've been working really, really hard to put colour and design psychology on the map. So interesting. And how did you move to the UK? Was it due to the study that you did? It's just a, how did that happen? Oh, see, well, so I'm, yeah, I'm an, uh, my father is Austrian. My, I've got a Dutch mother, Austrian father. So I have an Austrian passport. So I was able to, to easily move. And at the time, the UK was a part of uh, Europe, so um, which means I could live in any country. And so because of my work, my IT work, it meant that I could be a, um, a contractor and I could work. And I worked in Sweden, I worked in uh, France, I worked in the Netherlands. So I was able to come over um, that way. And that's that's really the, the route that got me through into Europe. Um, it's because all my relatives are in Europe and I absolutely love travelling. So that's, you know, the big kind of reason why I left Australia was to travel. Um, and then I just kept on that colour quest of still trying to find what it was that I was looking for. Um, and, um, yeah, and found it here in the UK through my uh, my teacher. That's fantastic. And, you know, I love how you travel so much. And I don't know if you can relate or if you, Claire, can relate, but I love to experience country through colours because every country has a predominant colour. And, you know, I found myself using, experimenting with different colours based on where I am traveling. And this is leading me to mm. the question that I have for you, Karen. And what do you think is the biggest mistake that business do when it comes to color? Um, well, not just businesses, but I think just people, is that we choose, yeah. I think the biggest myth, the biggest mistake that I have seen people make in general is following what everybody else does and not following their own heart and not following what is true to them. Because... It's so easy. Like, I mean, it's, it is so easy to get caught up in the latest trends and to get excited because something's new or be influenced by something's on Instagram or on um, your social media because when we see something a lot of times, we get very easily influenced. Um, and also what the favourite celebrity is perhaps wearing or what they've got in their home. And it's very easy to get swept away with that. But we, but we all have colours that we instant um instinctively resonate with a color palette that is instinctively us and that who we are is our true personality and if we can connect to who we really are as people and then therefore we're showing who we are from the inside out because color is a form of self-expression and it's expressing how we're feeling how we want to feel how we want to interact with other people so if we come from the true essence of who we are, you know, we don't have to copy anybody else. You know, there's that favourite saying, you don't need to be, try not to be everyone else. Like everyone else is taken. That's the, that's the quote. Everyone else is tra- taken, so why not just be yourself? Why not, why not trust and be the true you? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I absolutely love when you say, you know, um, 
the expression it's a it's a way how we really express ourselves the way how we wear the color and especially like everyone's well, taken so just be yourself wear something that really represents you and that actually leads me to the next question because i know that like a lot of people sometimes that they are really terrified wearing certain color mm. and um, that's why maybe it could be something linked from the past and a lot of people they will just stick with black they're afraid to experiment color so why don't you share a little bit like do you have a color growing that you were terrified or maybe someone made fun of you um growing up yeah i didn't have a color that i was terrified or all that anyone made fun of me um that that didn't happen but what happened to me and it's actually a story that i share in my book is that my bedroom furniture was yellow and I um, was sent to my room a lot as a kid because I was, you know, mischievous and always up to things I shouldn't be doing. And so, you know, now there's the naughty step, but I was sent to my room. And as much as I – and it didn't bother me. I didn't think it bothered me because I would always go in there and just play. But clearly it must have had an effect on me because as I got older, and in fact it was only, only when I was starting to do my colour psychology studies, that I realised – that I actually loathed yellow and that was every single tint, tone and shade. I couldn't stand any kind of yellow. And I thought, gosh, where is this coming from? And what I did was I blocked the memory out that I had yellow furniture in my bedroom and it took me quite a few months to actually make that connection and to remember because the human mind is is amazing at keeping us safe. So it will block out memories in order as, as a strategy in order to keep us safe. So when I realised, oh, that's why I hated, why I can't stand yellow because of, of what happened as a child, I then, what I did was I made peace with the event. I, I realised what it was. I came to an understanding. And by letting go of that and letting go of that emotion meant that I could let go of the negative attachment that I'm that yellow had to that event. So now I love yellow and yellow is like my, you know, second favorite color. But um that's but it did take work from me and it was that block that I had and I did block that that from the past. But I find that by looking into that and be willing and it has to be just done very gently and very slowly because quite often it can be very traumatic. And it took me nine months, actually, to realise from when I went, I hate cult yellow, to realising what it was. It actually it was, took nine months for my mind to actually unlock that. Obviously, that's what I mean. It can have an, a detrimental effect on you, an event, without you even realising it. Because as far as I was concerned, I was just playing in my room. Like, it didn't even bother me. Um, but, yeah, so that's, that's the power of colour. I am listening to you and I am so fascinated by the angle that you take in here, because it's really connecting color to experiences. And sometimes we do have a color that we don't like. And if you have to kind of word that, it becomes really difficult to articulate, to explain. So I thought that was really fascinating. I have to say my color, when I was a kid, that used to terrify me, funny enough, guys, it was light blue. And you know why? Because oh. I was, I remember... It was my, my Holy Communion in Italy, and I was wearing light blue because my grandmother got me a beautiful outfit that was light blue. And I had been bullied so much with that color school. And 
I avoided for so many years. And I never thought about it until now. It's so interesting. What was your color, Claire? The one that you found like very uh, terrifying growing up? I love you asking this. Um, so I have to say, I didn't like red. I'm actually wearing red lipstick today for people who can't see. I used to find red as really um, inter like intimidating. For example, because when you red and it's like literally out there, and in Chinese culture, like it's red is symbolized like good luck, you know, bring attention. But I, I just always find, my God, like it's just too much. And whenever I wear red, it's just people literally were staring at you. So when I was a kid, I just never really liked wearing yeah. red. And then obviously there's some other colors I didn't really like to wear because I, I just feel like oh it washed me off and pink. It's always like like little girl they like pink and I was never really feminine you know girly type of girl when I growing up so those type of colors like red pink um anything that's like bubbly I really was just so mm-hmm. against it so now I think it really has changed the way how I view color because when you actually dive in the meaning of the color you started to oh okay it, it changed you in a very big different way it's a habit isn't it it's really interesting and i am really really intrigued to ask to karen can you walk us through the process how you empower businesses not only business owners but also you know businesses in general uh, to experiment with colors and how they can learn to do so or do you mean do you mean business branding yes, like yes, your actual sorry, brand yes. yeah yeah so um yeah i do have a different way to do this so before when i was mentioning how about us as people and expressing who we are from the inside out i do exactly the same when it comes to a business brand and now there are people who have businesses that are focused on them so they might be an artist or they might be someone who creates something and it is actually their business is an actual expression of their of their artistic work what i'm what i'm going to explain now are people who would like you and i like us we're we're in we're in service based companies like you know our brands are, are being a service to our clients so the way that when I work with my clients, um, the business owners who want to do their branding, it's very much looking about who the brand is separate to the person because the brand, we look, at, we look at the brand as a separate identity and as a, having a separate personality and the brand showing up authentically and the brand showing up from the inside out authentically. So I go through and what I invite my clients to do is to go through like a whole brand, what you call like a brand identity exercise and looking at their their um, personality traits, their values, their mission statement, their their um, what they're in service for, um, uh, all of those typical, I mean, a lot more, but all those kind of typical things that are you and then what's unique to that brand and what makes that brand different and and how they do their service differently and all of that shapes the brand identity because that is how the brand shows up in how, how, in how it does its work. Then with all that information, because that information, when you read it on a website or you're reading it somewhere, that is, that's the written word and we're taking that in sub, um, on the conscious level 
But what we need to do is marry the conscious with the subconscious. And the way you do that is through the colours that it, and the design style. And that's where colour and design psychology comes in. And that's where I, that's for me is where the magic happens. Because I take everything that the brand says it is from, and that's the inside. And you, pick the colours, the combination of colours, the proportion of colours and the design style that shows what the brand is in colour and design. When these two are married up, it means that what I'm reading on the conscious level, which is on the words, I'm also feeling on the subconscious level, which is the emotion. These two things need to be in alignment for us to then calibrate because we're always calibrating um, for harmony and when the colors that I'm feeling or that we're feeling and the design style that we're feeling because we're taking color and design first then I'm reading the words the words need to back up what it is that I'm feeling and that is where this beautiful you know like unity comes together and then I know as a potential customer whether this business, this service business is right for me because ultimately we know that as a consumer, because we're all consumers, we will go to a brand or a business who we think gets us and understands us. And when that we feel that they do, then we pick up the phone, then we send the email, then we walk into the store. But if we're confused because the message is in alignment and they're saying one, th- I'm feeling one thing emotionally, but they're saying another thing in words, as soon as I'm confused, a confused customer never buys. Right? We know, we know that, right? Confused customer never, ever buys. So we want to limit the confusion and we want to attract our ideal customers to us. And then, and then comes the no like and trust because then I've walked to the store, I've sent the email, I've made the phone conversation, I'm then meeting the person that I'm going to be working with, and that's when the no like and trust factor kicks in. So that's how I do branding different to what might be traditional. So I love what you are sharing here because, you know, everyone has a perception of how we see a brand. And when the color plays right, and you play with the emotional and with the psychology part and aligning with the message, that become a really big impact. But when these are not aligned, and a lot I also find for service business owners, they use a brain color, but maybe it's just because they're trying to attract a certain type of audience. But it's also sometimes the message is not very clear. And I love how you explained, you know, emotion is very important because as a consumer, that's how we buy. And color is everything because when you go out, you see a package, especially right now holidays around the corners we want to really create that excitement especially we're buying something and i love that while you're sharing so i think it's really spot on it's just really see how we can see color in a very different way and how people can really start experimenting with color even when it comes to rebrand refresh and i think you're definitely the person to go to when it comes to color exercise so thank you for sharing that so Oh, no, you're more than than welcome. Yeah, and it's a great marketing tool. To me, colour is the most underrated marketing tool that is out there, and yet it's the first thing we emotionally connect to. So if we, if we, you know, instead of spending, people spend a lot of money getting their words beautiful, right, perfect, perfect words, and then they just pick, oh, I'll just pick my favourite colour. And if they don't match all the colour that I like or the colour that's on trend, 
if, if there's no, you, you will, you, you won't attract the right type of customer because your colour isn't giving that message. So that's probably like a really top tip is to, um, is to maybe start looking at colour as a really, really powerful marketing tool. And it's so true because if I think about my experience in beauty, you know, when I was working in corporate, I was working for a beauty brand. And what would drive me to a brand or, you know, a specific product will be colour. And the products that you remember the most are the one that spark with colour and they use it strategically in the right way. Now, Karen, I would love you to share where can our listener find you and just share a little bit more about that. Oh, okay. Thank you very much for that. Um, that's very welcome. So I have actually a free resource, which is um, made for business owners. And it's a free ebook, and it's called The 10 Myths That Limit You Using Colour Effectively. And it's um, on my website, which is karenhuller.com. And if when you're on that um, on the homepage, you will see in the top right hand corner a box that says free ebook. And by downloading that, then you will be able to um, learn about these 10 myths that I have uncovered that I, I people tell me that it that's just has saved them so much time and so much money from, you know, not falling in and perhaps making those very easy, um, common mistakes when it comes to using colour. Thank you so much for listening to the Digital Bosses podcast with your co-host, Claire. We hope you enjoyed our deep dive conversation into all the practical tips and hacks that you can apply to grow your business. If you like the show today and you would like to support our podcast, please share with others and take a screenshot of the episode and tag us on social media such as Instagram and LinkedIn and let us know your feedback because we would love to know and share that to the world. And until then, I will see you with Joseph, same time, same place, next week. Thank you.